Welcome back to Cancer Actually Fucking Sucks, the podcast where we get down to the nitty gritty of what actually happens during and after a cancer diagnosis. Hosted by me, Madison Pollitt. And me, Paige Gill. Today's guest is Beach Haldebrandt, a CPA professional and huge advocate of the young adult cancer community. He is also a six-year germinoma survivor. We are so excited to talk with him today. Welcome back to Cancer Actually Fucking Sucks. Today we're talking about Beach Helterbrand. Beach is a germinoma, is that right, Beach? Yeah, yeah. I had a germinoma in the pineal region of my brain, so kind of dead center in my brain. Okay, so germinoma survivor, and we were connected with Beach through Callie from episode three, which is awesome. I love that. So, um, Beach, I'd love if you can give a background on what germinoma is, because I had no idea, and um, you know, kind of start from there. Yeah. So, um, first off, thank you guys so much for having me on. Um, I think what you guys are doing is really cool. Yeah. Thanks for coming on. Um, you know, I'm so excited to have you. Thank you. So a germinoma is, uh, I always described it as being a, like I was growing a third testicle in my brain. Um, it's, it's, uh, it's a, it's a tumor (laughs) that normally develops in children. Uh, but I weirdly got it at 24. And it, uh, it's a malignant tumor. Um, it's like the best form of brain cancer you can have, but it's still. I love when they say that. Yeah. You know, it's still. Yeah. Yeah. Everything's the best form of cancer. So yeah. And it's, it's extremely rare. I think it's like 3% of all pediatric brain tumor cases are germinomas. Oh, so it was really difficult finding like a doctor who had any idea what they were doing with anything, but, um. Day. you know and, and my Jeez. my oncologist still jokes that he uh called over to the children's hospital next door to their hospital and asked their pediatric <laughs> oncologist how he would treat a fat 10 year old so oh my god <laughs> wow so how did you Just figure do- out that you had that and also and you said before germinoma is traditionally like testicular can- cancer right yeah, so normally um, it, it can develop just in the brain or it can develop just in the testicles oh, okay. or both. Um, and I lucked out and got it in my brain. Yeah. <laughs> of course. Yeah, so lucky. <laughs> yeah, congratulations. <laughs> um, but uh, so it's kind of a long story how I got diagnosed. But I was, uh, after I graduated college, I decided to spend a couple of years not trying to make a bunch of money. I wanted to mm-hmm. see what it was like to kind of be poor. And so I went. Oh, that's interesting. I spent a year working as a uh, housekeeper at a resort, like cleaning hotel rooms. Okay. And then I moved mm-hmm. up to Montana where I was working on a construction crew and uh, living in a cabin that I helped build out in the woods. Oh my God. Wow. And so I didn't have wow. running water or central heat. Uh, so I was chopping wood every day. Wow. To keep myself warm in the Montana winters. And, uh, yeah. I started having this killer neck pain and I was like, oh, I pulled a muscle working or chopping wood or doing something. And then I started getting these mm-hmm. headaches and I thought, eh, you know, it's probably just a tension headache from this pulled muscle, something like that. And, uh, didn't think much of it for like a month, kept going to like the chiropractor and just stretching, trying to figure it out. And eventually went down to Breckenridge, Colorado for a bachelor party and, Mm-hmm. At, once I got to 10,000 feet of altitude, uh, I started to get double vision and I got just violently mm-hmm. ill and I oh, had wow. no idea what was wrong with me. 
Um, but after the bat, but I hung through and did the bachelor party thing. And then uh, afterwards, wow. I uh, stopped in in Boulder, Colorado, yeah. to okay. see my grandmother and uh, just kind of grab my feet with her, and was telling her all the stuff going on with me. And she made me go see her doctor that day. The doctor. Wow! Mm-hmm. Thank you, Grandma. Yeah, exactly. And uh, yeah. And they, uh, the doctor immediately sent me to an ophthalmologist and the ophthalmologist looked at me for about one second and said, you need an MRI now and oh, wow. sent me straight over to the hospital for an MRI. And while I was sitting in the MRI oh. waiting room after my MRI, the doctor called and said, there's a mass in your brain and oh my there's God. a nurse coming down the hall right now to take you to the ICU. Uh, we're not concerned about the, oh whatever God. the mass is right now, but the pressure in your brain is way mm-hmm. too great for us to let you leave. And I got into the ICU room, a neurosurgeon came in like 10 minutes later and said, you know, I've looked at your MRI. I don't know how you're still walking with the pressure that you have in your brain right now. You oh probably should have dropped dead a week ago. Um, <gasps> and you know, it was, it was a little stressful because I was yeah. alone in this hooked, you know, I had to call my parents, which was, you know, an awkward conversation. The, they live in Texas. And so I was in yeah. Colorado and had to call them and say, Hey, yeah. How do you even, yeah, that yeah it was kind of, Hey, I'm, I'm in the ICU. I have a brain tumor. Um, if you guys want to come up here, that'd be kind of nice. Oh my God. Yeah. Every parent's worst nightmare. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I was very lucky. My, wow. there was a blizzard going on outside at the time and I, called mm-hmm. my grandmother to tell her I was not going to make dinner that night. And when she asked why, I explained mm-hmm. that I was in the ICU. And she rushed over to uh, to the ICU and spent the night, or spent the two nights with me until my oh. parents could get there. But uh, oh. it was uh, mm. an angel. Yeah, yeah. so then I spent two weeks in the ICU before uh, I was safe, and had a couple of brain surgeries before I was safe to be moved where they let me fly back to Texas to start treatment. Okay, so you had to have two brain surgeries, is that what you said? Yeah, so they did, um, I was in the ICU for a week while they tried to bring down the pressure just with mm-hmm. a ton of steroids. And I learned while I was in the hospital that you could order two meals at once. So I, because okay. I've done all these steroids and I was hungry <laughs> all the time, I put on- Oh, you were starving, yeah. <laughs> you were like- this is like for, this is for a fat yeah, 10 exactly. year old boy. Okay. <laughs> I need <laughs> And so I, uh, I wound up putting on like 60 pounds in the hospital and my, my <gasps> oncologist was, when I walked in, he was like, yeah, you can't lose any weight. Once you start chemo, we're going to monitor you. And I was like, no, 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 you don't understand. I'm 60 pounds overweight. I need to start losing some weight here. Yeah. Oh my God. Wow. Yeah. yeah. And so through wow. chemo, they were making me keep that extra weight on, which was, uh, it's a challenge, but I was able to finally oh, lose it once I finished yeah. treatment. Okay. Yeah, sixty can feel yeah. like a oh, new yeah. person. I, I look like a new person. I, uh, yeah. <laughs> and then you got, and then you went back to Texas from where your family is from, and yeah, to start treatment and. Yeah. Okay. So, um, my parents didn't trust me getting treatment in Montana, shockingly, uh, mm-hmm. and then. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I don't blame yeah. them. And so I. Uh, I, I moved back in with them, which was, it was a bit of a challenge because everything I owned was in Montana. And so all I mm-hmm. had with me was my ski right. gear and 
the clothes that I'd brought for a bachelor party, which are not optimal clothing options in Texas in the summer. Um, kind of got right. a little challenging yeah. as, the, no. as the year went on. But Yeah. Did you go to MD yeah, Anderson so Beach? I, I did my chemo at UT Southwestern in Dallas. And uh, okay. then they told me that I was going to have to have chemo and full brain, full spine radiation. And my dad was really pushing that I go to MD Anderson. Uh, I didn't want to go spend the summer in Houston. Mm -hmm. But um, mm -hmm. we went and talked mm -hmm. to the radiation oncologist at UT Southwestern. And he suggested that I go to MD Anderson to have proton treatment to try and protect. Okay. Since they were radiating my spine, I guess regular mm -hmm. radiation would penetrate through the spine and damage my heart and my lungs and my stomach. Whereas the proton, they could you know, yeah. just damage my spine. Mm. Okay. Right. And how That's did you find crazy. your oncologist and like what type of treatment? I know you said you have chemo, you had chemo and radiation, but like after the mm -hmm. surgery, kind of like, what was the next step? Yeah. And in the surgery, sorry, in the surgery, did they remove the tumor? Like, were they able to get some of it out? So the, they, they went into the biopsy of the tumor. Um, they did not want to do a mm -hmm. full resection because the tumor was sitting right on top of my brainstem. Uh, mm -hmm. So they were concerned that if they went in and they missed it all, they'd hit my brain stem and either kill me or, you know, yeah. cause serious issues. That's a hard yeah. location. So they, um, the first two surgeries I had, they did a biopsy and they relieved the pressure in my brain. And then okay. when I got back and then my neurosurgeon in Boulder um, said that he'd met a guy in Dallas who was the head of uh, neurosurgery at UT Southwestern. And so he referred me to mm -hmm. him and they were all very excited to take me because I had a germinoma and it was like, oh, this mm -hmm. is super rare. We're going to have fun with this. <laughs> um, not the yeah. way I viewed it at the time, but right. all the doctors were excited. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> and so uh, the neuro. You're like, I would like a routine right. <laughs> treatment. of. I'd like you all to know what you're doing before you do it, not just to watch the YouTube video on it. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, right. so then my neurosurgeon there connected me to uh, the head of neuro-oncology at UT Southwestern, Dr. Pan. And mm -hmm. then for MD Anderson, um, my dad spent like two weeks on the phone with MD Anderson until they relented, I think, just to get him off the phone. And uh, gave me mm -hmm. a radiation oncologist mm -hmm. down there. Okay. Great. Yeah. No, their radiation center over there is insane. Even yeah. And they're, like, all their oncologists. Like, just MD Anderson is such a welcoming place. Like, I felt like they were all angels just put on this. Or, I don't know. Just the I, environment. Yes, it was a hospital. But I, I always refer to it as Cancer Disneyland. Like, <laughs> yes, I, that's I, whenever, a great Whenever I go down I like for my that. checkups, I, I stay in the, the Rotary House Hotel that's connected to the hospital. And I feel like I'm in like a Disneyland resort. Right. And I just like walk across the walkway <laughs> yeah. and there's my doctor and I'm seeing all these other like cancer patients and I'm like not a weirdo. <laughs> that's so good. I love that. I'm in Orlando right now. So that's actually like a perfect yeah. comparison for me. Uh. Disney. Yeah. Perfect. I like that. Next time I go get for a checkup, that's what I'm going to, I might as well. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know, I, I keep thinking maybe I'll dress up and like bring a little autograph book and ask doctors to sign it, you know, like a little kid at Disneyland. <laughs> 
Oh, that's hilarious. That reminds me kind of make it enjoyable. That reminds me of like City of Hope. Um, I didn't go there for treatment, but I went there to like explore, like get a second opinion, basically. And it's the same mm-hmm. thing. You can like stay in houses and you get treatment there, and it's in the middle of nowhere, but it's this just like huge cancer campus, basically. That's what that reminds me of. But I've never been in which is yeah, it's crazy to think that like one giant hospital well it's it doesn't even feel like just one hospital like you're saying campus Mm -hmm. is just cancer only Mm -hmm. like it's only focused on cancer it's insane to think that like Mm -hmm. it's sad also and it's it's crazy that it's like md anderson is this gigantic hospital surrounded by other gigantic hospitals and they're technically Mm -hmm. in houston but like you're in the medical district and it's like this is its own city you know, it's it's crazy down there. Yeah. But uh, so you went you went so to MD crazy. Anderson as well, Paige. I did, as you can tell. Sorry, yeah, I kind of <laughs> gave it away with my enthusiasm <laughs> over it. <laughs> but yeah, I did too. And so actually, I talked to uh, Callie about that back in that episode. I think we really related to to how great we had uh, treatment wise. Yeah, yeah there. it was. I mean, I. I loved UT Southwestern. They were great to me, but MD Anderson is just on a whole different level of, uh, mm-hmm. of care. It's it's unreal what they do down there. But that's incredible. That's so great that there's a place like that. Yeah, yeah, it's it is truly remarkable. Sorry, but yeah, continue. Sorry, Beach. Yeah, I know you have a long road with this. So ah. continue. Yeah, I don't even remember what the question was. I think we got sidetracked by MD Anderson there. <laughs> Oh, were we on a question? I thought we were part of the story. Sorry, yeah. We um, oh, oh, so what my, oh, I think my treatments were. Um, so mm-hmm. I, uh, That's right. I, I, I didn't have a full brain resection. Um, at UT Southwestern, they did four rounds of atoposide and carboplatin chemotherapy. Uh, and then when I went okay. to MD Anderson, I had 30 days of uh, whole brain, whole spine radiation. Wow. Um, 30 days in a row. Yes, uh, they let me have the weekends off. So I was down there for (laughs) like six weeks. Um, But, uh, and then, you know, during treatment, I was having to do all the other things. Like, I don't know if you guys had to do this. I had to do Nupagen or Nulasta Mm -hmm. during, yeah. Mm, Yeah, uh, Nupagen. Yeah, I overreacted to like, there's one that's like, you take it once for a week and you're good. And my body overreacted to it and produced too many white blood cells. So then they had me giving myself yes. one in the stomach, which I don't know if you guys had to do that one. Oh gosh. That was not fun. No. Uh, it was like every oh, day. Yeah, no. Yeah. Does not but, sound fun. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, so that was kind rough. of my general, my general treatment. I did have to have, before I started chemo, the pressure in my head kept growing. And so they put in a VP uh, shunt, mm-hmm. which drained mm-hmm. all the excess spinal fluid out of my brain into my stomach. Uh, and then three years okay. ago, it I was over shunted, and it drained all the fluid out of my brain. So they had to go in and replace it. So I'm now at three or four wow. brain surgeries. So, oh my gosh, Jeez. that is so crazy. And I'm curious how like the radiation was for you. Uh, hell on earth. Yeah, I can only imagine. Like everyone, because brain and spine are like. Yeah, everyone told me like, oh, you know, radiation's super easy. You're not going to like, it's not like chemo. You're going to have no yeah. side effects. And then I got down there and I met with the radiation mm-hmm. oncologist and she was like, oh no, you're in for a, a hell of a ride. 
because you know you're you're microwaving the brain and so that controls everything mm -hmm. so i was you know disoriented i was i i was never nauseous during chemo like i never threw up kept mm. my food down everything was good but once i started radiation mm -hmm. it was just non-stop i couldn't keep food down i didn't want to eat i didn't want to get out of bed i just wanted to lay there mm -hmm. and kill time until my next appointment Mm -hmm. and uh, gosh so would you say that that part was honestly the radiation was worse than the chemo oh, for without you a doubt. I mean I felt great during chemo um like it hurt but mm, uh, wow. I kind of told myself you have three days of infusions and then we'll I'll give you your, give mm -hmm. yourself three days to feel sorry for yourself and then the rest <laughs> of the cycle stop feeling sorry for yourself and uh mm -hmm. you know and those so like those 18 yeah. days between my sorry days and my next infusion I did my best to like work out. Uh, mm -hmm. I was on my bike. I was walking. I was doing everything I could to, you know, get the stuff out of my system. And I handled chemo great. Yeah. Um, right. But radiation mm -hmm. was just a whole different ballgame. Yeah. Jeez. Yeah. Everyone says radiation is the gift that keeps on giving. <laughs> yeah. Yo, without a doubt. It, uh, you know, and my, my issue with when I first got down to MD Anderson, my doctor um, had decided on a dose for my radiation and mm -hmm. I'm a bit of a nerd. And so I've been researching like whole brain, whole spine radiation. And I was trying to figure out like, what's the survival rates of that? And am I going to have brain damage and all these mm -hmm. things? And in doing that, I'd found like mm -hmm. at a certain level of radiation, you're definitely going to have brain damage. And at another level, like it's a maybe. Mm -hmm. And so I was pushing for that maybe level and she right. was pushing for that brain damage yeah. level. Yeah. And we went back and forth for probably two months arguing and like sending each oh, other wow. papers, explaining our position until <sighs> finally uh, yeah. she called me one day. And uh, and this was like while I was going through chemo and everything. She called me one day and she was at a conference in Japan and had presented mm -hmm. my case to them and asked their opinion. And they had all come back uh -huh. and said to do yeah. my level that I'd been pushing for. Wow. I was right about my treatment. She was wrong, but. Uh... Wow. Yeah. Dr. <laughs> Helderbrand in the house. That's insane to, to change her opinion yeah, on yeah. it. it. I mean, us, it's scary to question. Us, the especially when yeah. MD Anderson, you know, these are the best in the world. Yeah. And so, it's, yeah. But at the same time, you know, it's like I was mm -hmm. saying, most of my doctors had never treated my cancer. So they didn't, you know, they were just right, going off right. of a paper that they'd read and it said to do this and that's what they were going to do. Right. So, mm. You know, it really, yeah. it really instilled that idea that you have to be your own advocate and really fight for everything. And, oh yeah. You know. mm -hmm. Yeah. Good for you. Cause that's hard to do for sure. But, and so after, after you were done, kind of what was that process and like, how did you feel and was your spine okay? Like, yeah. So my, any, my spine was What were the like great. side effects after? Um, I, I okay. now I've started to develop some arthritis in my spine, but, uh, you know, okay. I, it's not cancer in my mm -hmm. spine. So I'm happy about that. Uh, my, yeah. yeah, you it's know, true. recovery was pretty tough. Mm -hmm. Just trying to recover mm -hmm. from that radiation was, it took a few months before I even felt remotely normal, but mm -hmm. you know, the, the body's resilient and it came back. Um, originally my doctors had told me, uh, I wasn't allowed to work for two years after okay. treatment. Oh, it's um, a long time. Why? Well, so most people who have whole brain radiation, 
right it's mm -hmm. because you know they're they're literally radiating every centimeter of your brain and mm -hmm. um most mm -hmm. people have that done. It's done because they have a metastasized cancer somewhere else. And it's almost a palliative treatment a lot of the time. Mm -hmm. And so mm -hmm. there's not much research on like the long-term effects of radiation, whole brain radiation on like a young adult. Um, mm -hmm. So they didn't know mm -hmm. if it was going to cause lasting damage if I started stressing my brain, but they said, you mm -hmm. need to just rest. Like your brain needs to be on complete rest. And I thought, okay, that doesn't seem really reasonable. I don't think I can handle that. Yeah. yeah. I feel like that's so, almost worse not yeah, to do was, anything and not to that's work. That's kind of like, what I just... was thinking. I couldn't go two years without yeah. doing anything. And no. I mean, right. oh my gosh, you drive you yourself know, crazy. Yeah. I, I love my parents yeah. to death. It was great having them take care of me during cancer. Um, I probably wouldn't be alive today without them, but I definitely didn't want to be living in their upstairs when I was 26 and still recovering from Brain cancer. Right. Yeah. So I, right. um, and so what I did though, is I, I went to, uh, like social security administration and tried to get on disability and I hadn't worked mm -hmm. enough credits. Like, I guess you have to have worked a certain number of years before you can go on disability. Mm -hmm. And I hadn't hit that threshold. Okay. So they wouldn't let me have disability. And so I was mm -hmm. sitting there going, I, I can't do nothing, have no money. And just expect my parents to care for yeah. me for the next two years. Like, yeah. I don't even want to know the small mm -hmm. fortune that they dropped for my treatment. Because uh, mm -hmm. even with right. insurance, you know, there's all those other costs. Yeah. And, yeah. Out of pocket. So mm -hmm. I, uh, I wound up getting a job as a, at a ticket broker. And I was just scanning tickets in to like StubHub. Okay. Uh, mm. And then after like two weeks of that, the guy was like, hey, man, I, I kind of hired you for this because I thought you might be an idiot. And you're not an idiot. So I'd like you to stop doing that and do other work for me. And, and so I, and part of that was, um, I don't know, because it, when a player goes into the NFL, they have to take a wonderlick test. It's like a 30 question test to oh, just okay. test your intelligence. And uh -huh. this guy, because he was into sports tickets, made every one of his employees take it. And I scored yeah. higher than him <laughs> on the test. Oh and my so after, god! After, after that, he was like, "Yeah, man, you're not scanning tickets anymore. Like, I'm taking That's advantage." That's hilarious. <laughs> is it and, just a random, like, is it just random questions on there? The thirty questions? I I think so. I mean, I'd never seen it before. I I thought it was a super easy test, but that is I don't so know. funny. So you know, so he curious. immediately. I'm gonna look like, that up after this. He immediately was like, "Well, we want you to start, you know, like doing all this other work for me." And I was like, "I'm cool with that. Like, pay me more, and I'll gladly do more work for you." And so mm -hmm. I started working 40 hours a week for him. And then a CPA that I used to kind of intern with when I was in high school, I'd go over there and just help him out, uh, called and said, hey, man, uh, I, I need some tax help. I just fired a guy. Would you mind coming in like 20 hours a week? And that all spiraled out of control. And so like three months oh, wow. after treatment, I was working 40 hours a week for the ticket broker. And I was working 60 oh hours a God. week at the tax firm preparing tax returns in the middle of tax season. And I was kind of realizing oh like God. this, you know, and then I, I went and saw my doctor in January and he's like, so, you know, I have been doing good at keeping your brain. Oh my gosh. Like, well, <laughs> I'm working. I'm hours working about complete opposite. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He's and, shaking his head. Yeah. Yeah. They were not happy about that, but uh, you know, it. uh, I haven't totally felt the effects of that yet. You know, maybe I'd be better off if I hadn't done that, but 
I was able to move out of my parents' house and get on with life. So yeah, I'm not complaining. That's great. Yeah. I mean, I, yeah, I really think just the sitting in bed, not working and doing anything would be worse because your brain is thinking like, you're not going to shut off your brain. Your brain is going to be thinking about all the negative things and like being, right, right. all and the anxieties and stuff. Yeah. And I, I mean, I'd already read through every book I wanted to read through throughout treatment because my neurosurgeon told me uh, after my first brain surgery, he said, you know, from here on out, you have to keep your brain sharp. So no browsing mm-hmm. social media, no re- reading BuzzFeed, like you need to mm-hmm. be, everything yeah. you put in your brain needs to be intelligent. And Meaningful. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. And so mm-hmm. I'd been doing that and I was like, I can't do this for another two years though. Like I got to get out and do something. Right. So yeah. 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 Wow. And what's life been yeah. like since? Oh, sorry, Paige. Go, go ahead, Maddie. Yeah. Um, yeah. What's life been like since then? Like, did you feel like you just got back into life and you were, you know, like, what's that, what's uh, that been like? <laughs> also, is the- can we just talk about how before this you were, you were living with like no electricity or running water? So like. I, I had electricity. I just didn't have central heat. I had a <laughs> okay. stove that had, yeah, I wasn't totally bumming it. Uh, I, uh, I did have electricity. I, I had a light that turned on. Um, oh, okay, but, sorry. <laughs> so, so obviously life did not return back to that. Um, I, I did not feel comfortable going back to my cabin. But I, uh, you know, after, after treatment and everything, does life really return back to normal for any cancer survivor? I, I don't think no. so. Um, Definitely you not. Know, it uh, obviously had its challenges um, without a doubt. And, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, I'm, so I'm six years out now. And mm-hmm. I still feel like there are challenges. Yeah. But, mm-hmm. you know, the, the, the first few years were kind of difficult. Uh, or the first few years actually kind of flew by. And then after like that second year out, I started to notice all these mm-hmm. side effects that I hadn't, you know, I'd been too busy to be aware of. Mm-hmm. And, um, right. you know, I, I started to have, I started to get concerned about my cognitive abilities Mm-hmm. Luckily, uh, MD Anderson required me to get testing on my cognitive abilities once a year. So I'm able to kind of monitor okay. those mm-hmm. and know like how my brain is still working. And right. so that, you know, helped in that every time I would go into those, it would kind of be a reminder like, okay, you're dipping here, but these other parts of your brain are working great. So you're okay. But okay. at about year, sorry, one moment, I got to check my date here. Uh, at about year three, uh, my brain, my, my shunt that they put in started draining all of the fluid out of my brain mm-hmm. and like I couldn't get out of bed I was really struggling every day mm-hmm. and at the time I was training for a uh, rim to rim hike of the Grand Canyon with a group of amputee veterans and so oh my I, God. I, I wow. wasn't going to flake I out just, on that all the cool stuff you do like to challenge yourself <laughs> seriously <laughs> you're so interesting yeah, yeah. well I, I appreciate that I, I don't feel that interesting um but thank you uh <laughs> And so we, I was doing this, you know, hike with this group of vets, which was awesome um, because at the time I hadn't, Callie was the only person that I knew roughly my age who'd had cancer. Uh, I wasn't connected to the young mm-hmm. adult cancer community. I had no idea that there were really other people like that out there. And so meeting these vets, uh, you know, who are about the same age and who, you know, lost limbs and been through that trauma and faced death. Mm-hmm was really great um, to kind of get to know other people my age who'd experienced the threat of dying. 
Um, mm -hmm. And so mm -hmm. I, I wasn't going to flake out on that just because my brain didn't have any fluid in it. And so <laughs> I did. I, I, I flake out oh. on stuff. For less, so good for you. <laughs> so I, uh, I did the, I did the hike and then I got back like a week after my hike. Uh, they did my surgery and changed out my shunt. And now I have a bit of fluid in my brain. But uh, around that time, I started to just really struggle with what I'd been through. Um, mm -hmm. You know, I'd never, I, I'd never really come to terms with what had happened and the fact that I'd faced death at such a young age. Mm -hmm. And I lucked out um, like two blocks from where I lived in downtown Fort Worth. Uh, UT Southwestern mm -hmm. had opened a cancer clinic and that cancer clinic had gotten a federal grant to start mm -hmm. a young adult oriented like survivorship program and amazing I, I would awesome. I'm just dumb luck I was walking by one day I was walking my dog mm -hmm. around the block and this they had this big truck out there you know that said something about like survivorship program on it and I stopped and asked the guy about it he said hey you know I I'm a cancer mm -hmm. survivor I'm what what is this and he put me in contact with their young adult group there and um it was awesome for me. Uh, you know, it really, it was great to meet other people mm -hmm. who uh, had been through what I'd been through or, you know, mm -hmm. something similar, had had their life, right. you know, kind mm -hmm. of stop at 22 or, you know, 24 or 26 yeah, or whatever. Right. And uh, they were experiencing those same challenges mm -hmm. of how do I relate to other people? How do I you know, move past what's happened mm -hmm. to me, you know, how do I deal with the financial consequences of this? Because it's, it's stressful once you're off your parents' mm -hmm. insurance and now you're having to pay for insurance and, you know, yeah. you have to find an employer who's comfortable with you. I have 16 days out of the year that I spend in doctor's offices between MRIs and specialist mm -hmm. appointments. And, right, exactly. you know, right. the average yeah. company is going to give you two weeks vacation. Well, it's going to take me more than two yeah, weeks of vacation right just on doctor's appointments. Mm -hmm. So, you know, it's great to be able to get connected right. to that. And, right. And ever since then, I've been doing a lot better. I've moved to Colorado, so I'm no longer, you know, in mm -hmm. the group, but I still see my therapist down there virtually. And, you know, it's, mm -hmm. it's, it, things are going pretty well these days. And, and I know RB, you kind of, uh, beach. Okay. I, I have to, can, can you just explain <laughs> that? Yeah. That to the audience. I just think it's a really cool thing that you've done. And so <laughs> me too. Uh, after, you know, when, when I got diagnosed up until I got diagnosed at 24, uh, RB my entire life stands for That's Robert. That's why Beach. I just called him RB. Yeah. Sorry. And everyone, everyone who knew me pre-cancer <laughs> called me RB and everyone I met during cancer, like Callie called me RB. Um, and then as I kind of wrapped up treatment, mm -hmm. I realized that I was a totally different person than I was going into treatment. Um, you know, January 22nd, 2014, I was mm -hmm. RB and I got diagnosed with a brain tumor. And by September 9th of 2014, I didn't feel like that same guy anymore. And so mm -hmm. it, 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 to my mind, it really felt like RB had died. He had mm -hmm. died from, you know, cancer mm -hmm. and I was not RB anymore. So I started going by my middle name, Beach makes it kind of confusing now when mm -hmm. I interact with people or, you know, when people who knew me pre-cancer <laughs> refer me to other people now, it gets a little confusing, but uh, I respond to both still, but mm -hmm. I don't feel like RB anymore. I love that. It's, mm -hmm. it's a great distinction. Yeah. I like that. Too. Yeah. Like just to separate it. Cause it is true. It's like how, 
I feel like it's how everyone thinks of themselves, but you actually have like an actual tangible kind of way. Of yeah, yeah, I can kind of, yeah, exactly. We all, I mean, I assume, I assume I'm not a weirdo here and that everyone feels like their post-cancer life is so yeah. different from their pre-cancer life that they're not the same yeah. person. So I'm lucky to be yeah. able to really differentiate them. I Because they even say like, isn't that like a, a technique that therapists use if you're having negative thoughts to like name that person, like name it a different identity. Like, oh, Caroline's being so mean to me in my head today. I don't, I, I don't know. Actually, one of my good friends named Caroline, I won't use Caroline. But, you know, like to name it that yeah, I, I've, I've, I've mm-hmm. been told that is a technique, actually. I've, so. Well, I'm glad. I'm glad I figured that one out. Uh, I hadn't had a therapist tell yeah. me that, but uh, yeah. <laughs> it just kind of came to me. Like I'm not, you know, I'm not RB. I love it. You know, and every once in a while, I'll I'll do something. Yeah. I was like, wow, that was a really RB thing to do. Like, <laughs> <you know. laughs> that was a beach. That was all That's RB. So funny. Yeah. <laughs> and and That's great. And well, I guess what I was gonna ask you when I called you RB and we went to the explanation is I was gonna ask you when we talked before and we're getting to know each other um, before this interview, you kind of mentioned that even two, three years out, like you were saying, like when you started feeling the side effects that like you had a lot of, a lot of stomach issues as well because of your brain leaking. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I I think a big part of it was I had the stomach issues. I, I assume this is normal, uh, just from chemo, Mm -hmm. you know, it destroys the lining of your stomach and your intestines. Mm -hmm. And, Mm -hmm. uh, and I was eating super healthy during treatment, but it took a few years for it to recover. And so because of the, you know, I have the shunt that drains the fluid into my stomach and one of my neurosurgeons, like my normal neurosurgeon had been out of town when they put the shunt in, it's kind of an emergency surgery kind of thing. And he got back into town and he was Uh not happy that they'd done it. Because mm. one of his partners, like uh-huh. 20 years ago, his son had had a germinoma and they'd put in the shunt and it had mm. seeded the tumor into his stomach. Oh, gosh. And so I, of course, then, mm-hmm. you know, I'm not worried about it coming back in my brain. Now I'm worried about it coming back in my stomach. Because, of course, when the doctor yeah. tells you yeah. that's a possibility, you go home and Google it. And that's a terrible idea. Um, of course. And so I... Yeah. Uh, I was, I was nervous about that for the longest time, especially because I had all this stomach pain from chemo mm-hmm. destroying my stomach. And I thought, ah, this is every time I got to like a, this weird stabbing feeling in my stomach, I thought this is the end. You know, I kept making them do CT scans in my stomach and my doctor's sitting there going, yeah. you're fine. We don't need to do this, but. No, but yeah. that's such a <laughs> rational thought for you to have because yeah. you've been told that that's a possibility. Right. I, I didn't even go through what you've gone through in terms of them the two being connected and I still think when my stomach's going through what it is from the chemo I'm like is it stomach cancer right like it's a it's a possibility everything becomes any little pain yeah yeah Yeah. but my my mom always jokes yeah like, she'll, uh, yeah, she'll stub her even... toe and she's like, yeah, yeah, I know you think it's cancer. It's not. I just stubbed my toe. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, it might be cancer. You should get it checked out. <laughs> We're not crazy. Yeah. Yeah. That this crazy shit happened to us. And we're like, we didn't think there was any way it could happen to us with that. So exactly. anything's possible now. Exactly. You know, and then, you know, of course, they yeah. give you the chemo and the radiation and they give you the warning that's like, 
well, this chemo might increase your odds of developing leukemia. And you're like, well, now I got to yeah. worry about leukemia? Uh, I wasn't worried I about know. that until now. Yeah. I know yeah. everything. Yeah, every single thing has a side effect. I'm like, yeah. I know. Yeah, nothing is clear of yeah. it. And the that's side effect right. always seems to be a different form of cancer. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Yeah, always. It's not even like this will give you some other disease. Yeah, always, always. it's yeah, cancer. Just, we're killing your cancer with this thing that might yeah. give you cancer in 20 years. Good Kiss. luck. Don't panic. Yeah. Don't be afraid of it. Oh, yeah. So it might happen in five years, but yeah. you're fine. <laughs> you're fine right. right now. Oh my like, gosh, right. Beach. That's so true. Yeah. Good point. You're right. It's not even other it's diseases so that you could get. It's only cancer. Yeah. Um, you have been such a pleasure to have. Maddie, do you have any other last questions that you want to ask? Um, I just would like love to hear like what you do now, six years out, you have this crazy experience, like I know you're doing well now, but just, you know, like, yeah, yeah. What, light does, know what does how Beach you've been doing do? and what you do? Yeah. Now. So I, uh, I know you're so interesting. Like, do you still hike? Yeah. Well, yeah. uh, so I, I moved, I actually moved to Boulder, Colorado with my wife and our dog. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I go out hiking. I'm an avid skier and fly fisherman. I, you know, I, I try to live an interesting ish life because I have the most boring job on earth. I'm a tax CPA. So that's what I always say I'm like I'm not as boring <laughs> as what my job description is I guess right right at least I tell myself that <laughs> yeah so I I have my own uh my own tax practice up here in Colorado and yeah I'm, I'm working on uh setting up a, a young adult oriented charity because amazing. I, uh, you know, I finally have gotten to the point where I can balance work and other things in life. And so now that I've kind of mm-hmm. got some free time, uh, mm-hmm. I think that, you know, young, young adult cancer is like 5% of all cancers. But until you have young adult cancer, mm-hmm. you really don't even know that it's a possibility to get cancer as an adult yeah. or a young adult. It's like, that's right. either an old person or a kid's yeah. disease. And you're fine mm-hmm. from like 18 to 35. Yeah. Um, and right. it's actually. Exactly. That, uh, yeah. The, the survival rates for young adult cancer have not improved in 30 years. We're the only demographic of cancer wow. patients that have not seen a marked improvement in survival rates. Mm. Uh, they came wow. out with a study mm. two years ago that said, oh, no, 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 that's incorrect. They're, they're improving if we don't count all these cancers that we're currently counting as cancer deaths. So if we exclude like a half a dozen cancers, mm. then the survival rates improve. And it's like, well, that, that doesn't count. You can't leave out right, cancer and say the cancer survival rate improved. <laughs> yeah. um, and so I, right. I, I really want to, you know, take this experience, which I think has been life-changing and I wouldn't trade it for anything in the world. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I'm, I feel blessed mm-hmm. to have had cancer at a young age. Uh, I want to take that experience and yeah. be able to go out and help other people. I want to raise money for research. Yeah. And I want to raise money to mm-hmm. help people with the financial burden um, because having that arrested development yeah. coming out of school and your career is halted right when your career starts um, is financially crippling for a lot of people. Mm-hmm. And I think it, uh, it needs to be addressed. And so I want to try and have some positive impact with that. You know, it, uh, one of my big things is uh, yeah. like in Texas, if you have breast cancer, you're eligible to go on Medicare. But if you are, mm. if you have any other form of cancer, you're not eligible for it. 
And, oh. you know, oh, I realize wow. breast cancer is a, a terrible disease that kills, you know, a ton of people, but there are other cancers too. And it just seems yeah. extremely crazy to me that mm-hmm. a state or a government would say this type of cancer matters and the rest don't. Um, and no others, right? Yeah, you know? right. And so I, I want to yeah. try and advocate for change. But that's kind of my new my new focus yeah. now that I've gotten my my boring CPA firm off the ground. Yeah, well, good for you. That's amazing. Please keep us posted because, of course, you know, that's what we're very passionate about, too. So we would love to be involved in any yeah, way. Yeah, well, that was why I was so happy to come on and talk to you guys. I love that you guys are doing something to uh, kind of spread the word about us. You know, give. I assume if one person finds this podcast and it helps them out, then you guys have done an awesome job. So congrats oh. on that. And thank you for having me. I really appreciate it. Thank you so much. Thank you. Come back. Thank you so much for joining us. Tell us whatever interesting, interesting thing you're on to next, because that's what (laughs) we can expect. Hopefully, hopefully I've got something. Hopefully, uh, tax accounting doesn't just turn me into a boring tax accountant. No, (laughs) honestly, I've always wanted to try Colorado. If you have any job openings, all right. Well, hit hit me up. (laughs) (laughs) But but seriously, anything you uh, are able to to go into when it's coming to research or whatever the next venture is for you, please let us know what you end up, end up doing. Yeah, of course. Happy. And uh, best of luck to you guys. Yeah. I hope this thing really takes off and uh, I hope, hope you guys are able to impact some lives through this. Cause I think it's pretty cool what you're doing. Thank you. Thank you so much. Bye. Us too. We'll talk to you soon. Beach. Thank Sounds you. Good. Thanks. Thanks so much for listening to Cancer Actually Fucking Sucks, the podcast that tells the truth about what people with cancer actually go through. Each week, myself, Paige Gill, and my co-host, Madison Pollock, sit down with fellow cancer survivors to tell our stories. Keep up to date with our guests and new episodes on our Facebook and Instagram pages, Cancer Actually Sucks Podcast, and tune in every Monday to hear our stories.